got through talking. And I have a couple words for you. One was handed to me and one that's coming out of my spirit. I want to read this to you. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Bask in my presence. There is no need to fear because I am God. This season will pass. Watch and see what I will do. It is coming. See, I will do a new thing. Hmm. Oh, man. Revival is on the horizon. Prepare yourselves and be ready. Amen. Now I'm asking for even those that are sitting in your living room, don't refill your coffee yet. Just wait. Because the Lord is going to say something really interesting to you. To all our church family, um, we're recognizing that about 75% of our church is still watching us on the screen. But we understand that, we know that, and we are so glad you continue to watch us and to be with us live. Church family that are here, it is so good to see you, so good to see half of your face, see your eyes. I see Jesus. If you're here today, please understand that our passion here today is not to entertain you, but to let you see God so that if you don't know Christ, you can receive him today. If you need a miracle, you can receive that today because you are hearing the voice of God and he is speaking to you and he wants to bless you. Here's the, the word that I, I got from the Lord and it's going to come new to me. The Holy Spirit's going to speak through me. You're going to hear word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and you're going to hear prophecy. What you heard is word of knowledge and prophecy in the, what I read to you. You can find that in many areas in, in Scripture. Do you all think I'm really crazy? You have looked and you've wondered and you've asked questions regarding the past year. You have experienced things you've never experienced before in your life. And you still have asked questions. And my question to you again is, do you think I'm crazy? I know what I'm doing. But some things that took place is not what I did. There is evil in this world. There are people that you pray for because I asked you to pray for those that are over you in government that are not on my side. But because all authority I've appointed there is a reason. You not only will know in your heart if you come to the secret place and ask me those questions, but you will, always, you will see the example because when I do what I finally do, you will see the miraculous taking place in your life, in your home, and in your church. I will ask that question again. Do you think I'm crazy? Many of you have asked me because you did not have an answer for those that didn't and won't believe in me. 
There are Christians that have asked you questions that you didn't have an answer. But I want you to know the answer is in your heart because I am speaking. Pastor Ryan had us to stop and slow down and listen. And to some of us, we did, and to most of us, (laughs) we were wondering what was happening here because it's not the norm. Let me tell you the norm that I give you, says the Lord. The norm is kingdom lifestyle. The norm is what your pastor has been teaching you. The norm is what I have set in my word, and I never change. So my answer for all those questions that you have is, I am your God that never changes. I have promised you things that I would take you through. I've given every one of you dreams and visions And those have not passed away. Those have not changed because what you have seen in the physical have changed. But what you have seen is exactly the opposite of what I have planned to do. But what I plan to do will take place. Because remember I said in one of the books that one of my servants wrote through the dictation of the Holy Spirit is many of the plans of men but my plans and my purposes will prevail. So the answer that you have for anyone that has question, whether they are uh, non-believers or believers, is that God's, God's plans will never fail. And what I have used my prophets to speak to you regarding many things in this world, regarding uh, politics, regarding life, regarding your home, regarding finances, My plans will prevail. And my prophets have spoken to you truth. And then many have acted like Israel out there. I am very happy with you because you have not. But many out in the highways and the byways that know me have been like those of old, the religious people of old, and casted stones at my prophets. And my prophets, the only thing they have done has spoken truth. My truth will come to pass. Do not doubt what I have said in the past through men and women. Do not doubt what I have said through the word of God. Because I, your Lord, am going to do something that I have planned from the beginning. So what I ask you to do is be my sons and daughters. Believe me and begin to pray. And begin to intercede and to give thanks for what I will do. And if you stand in belief and faith, it will multiply in your life, says the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. I'm really enjoying the transformation of your life and my life, what God is doing. We are looking this way, but God says, no, my way is this way. My experiences, some of them during the past year, was way over here. 
I read the word and then I saw this. I read the word, then I saw this. But what I chose to do is believe what this word said, not this. And because of that, there's been a transformation. One of the words that the Lord gave me, that there is nothing sacred other than the truth of the word of God in this church. Anything we've ever done, anything that we've ever said, we are nothing sacred. Change is coming because change will draw us back to what God said and what is kingdom of God normal. See, a lot of people believe that things will never be the same. I'm telling you, in the world, it always changes. Culture always changes. But with God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So believe that. Also believe that in your marriage, in your relationships. Again, there's a tendency to be quiet when we talk about marriage. But I'm telling you who you really are. I'm not, t- I'm not talking to you of changing your experience. I'm telling you who you really are. I'm asking you to hear what God has promised and to literally say, I am that. What I'm about to teach you today, it's what you already are. You just need to make a decision of faith and step into it and not allow defensiveness, offense, anything to keep you from walking in what you've already been created to be in your marriage. And I'm going to show you proof of that in the introductory of today. We're talking about divorce-proofing your marriage, and this is our second part, and we'll conclude today. For those that are on screen, I want you to understand, don't miss this. Write notes. Don't get that second cup of coffee. Wait, lunchtime is coming after we're done. What we found last week is the first attack of the enemy on mankind was against relationship, the relationship between man and women. It's called the marriage covenant. Why is that? Because in the beginning, when God created man, when God created Adam and Eve, and they became one, it is the image of God marrying his bride, the church. Marriage is the image of the relationship between Jesus Christ in and the church. Because the scripture tells us that you and I are Jesus' daily delight. My question to you, what is your spouse to you? If Jesus, you, the church, are his daily delight, then why wouldn't your spouse be your daily delight? God always and also designed the church to be an overflow of your marriage. Many people will say, you need to go to church, your marriage will get better. I'm saying allow the covenant marriage to manifest in your home and the church will get better. Because God's idea of the church is literally the image of the the marriage uh, 
of man and woman, which is the image of Christ and the church. Scripture, all through Scripture, will tell us this, will show us this. We will see this in the stories. We'll see it in parables. So this mini-series is not just to teach you on marriage. This mini-series is to raise up the standard of our marriage, exposing Satan's lie and understanding four things that will divorce-proof your marriage. Now, last week, because it's the most important, we spent the whole time teaching on to keep the marriage covenant sacred. That was our first point. Satan wants you to believe it will never end the struggle that you're having. That's the lie. He says it'll never end. No matter what you do, it'll always be that way. Your spouse will always be that way. So let me remind you the difference between a covenant marriage and a contract marriage. Remember that? If you weren't here, you can go back and you can watch it and listen to it. A covenant marriage, both spouses rescind all their rights and accept all the responsibility for their marriage. A covenant marriage is that you have no rights. People say 50-50, 60-40, whatever it is. I'm telling you, in rescinding your rights, it's 100-100. You are literally, and I'm going to say it more than once today, you are serving your spouse. A contract marriage, both spouses keep as many rights as possible and accept, if very few, responsibility for their marriage. So the conclusion there is every one of our marriages cannot be a contract marriage. You don't look to find your rights. You don't acquiesce anything because you don't have any rights to acquiesce. I'll say that again. Don't get quiet on me. You don't acquiesce anything to your spouse. You're serving your spouse. You're loving your spouse. You don't go 50-50 and say, yeah, if you do this, I'll do this. If you vacuum, I will do the dishes. That's acquiescing. You're serving. You are creating an atmosphere in your home that Christ creates in the church. You come to church, Christ has given gifts to the body of Christ, an ability to respond to him and receive all that he's given in that relationship with Christ. So here's a second thing or key to divorce-proof your marriage. You have to die to your selfish desire or desires so you can serve your spouse. Church, I want you to understand, there is no way around this. There is no book you can read that can help you understand how to keep 20% of your rights. There is no self-help book that will help you understand any of this. The only thing that we must understand 
When we married our spouse, we married in covenant. I told you last week, I didn't understand it like I do now. My life in my home is to create an atmosphere in my home that my spouse can succeed in her walk with God. Her whole life is about doing the same thing of creating a home that I can succeed when our children are in our home, that our children can succeed. We're going to talk about this selfishness. I wish I can say that you can fulfill all your fleshly desires and still be happily married. Wrong. See, marriage wasn't created for happiness. Hello? Marriage was not created for happiness. Marriage was created for agreement. And if couples come in agreement, then happiness takes place. However, let me say it this way. We talked about group think last week. And that God created you as an individual. In marriage, when God created you in marriage, you are still an individual that comes in agreement. So what we must understand in marriage, however, individuality in your marriage is not the key. You still are individuals who come together as one. God put you as one, and you come in agreement. But individuality is not the key. Turn to Ephesians 5 and grab your tablets and and pop that in there. Ephesians 5, verse 22. We're going to read verse 22, man's favorite verse. Verse 25, women's favorite verse. And verse 28, oh me verse. Verse 22 says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself, died for her. Ephesians 5.28, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. As we see in Scripture, especially in Ephesians 5, the whole chapter, most of the burden, most of the carrying the load belongs to the man. But nowhere in Scripture, I want you to listen to this very strongly. I could spend 10 weeks on this, but I'm not going to. Nowhere in Scripture does it give the right to enforce these statements on one another. Found in Ephesians. What do I mean? Men, you cannot enforce your leadership upon your wife. Bible says you're to submit to me. What does submission mean? Coming under a mission. It's not master-slave. It's coming under a mission. 
It is literally understanding a principle, and that keeps you in line as husband and wife. Ladies, you cannot enforce his leadership upon him for your home. In other words, if you don't like the way he leads, you don't check out. If you would just be this way, if you would be nicer, if you would be this, you'd communicate it right, then I would do it. But you don't, so I won't. These scriptures are to paint the picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. If you are a leader, if you are a head, what you are to do is to create an atmosphere If you are a business owner, you create an atmosphere in the office and the place your people you hire work for you that they can succeed in what they do. If they need to pound a nail, you don't give them a screwdriver. And what this is saying in marriage is God's given us the ability to relate to one another. God's given us the power in covenant to relate to one another. And there's nowhere... In Scripture, where it says, God says, you're going to serve me, or I won't love you. Nowhere. The Bible says God hates the actions that some, some things that I do through the years, but he still loves me. He's in covenant with me. So both statements are given as responsibilities of the person to accept it in your heart. Accept it in your heart. It's not a you do, I do. You say, I say. It's in your heart. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it literally in Scripture talks about it's how you act. How you act is what your heart is. When you return your tithe, when you give your offerings, when you, do all, when you give to other people outside the church, when you do the things you do physically in giving, you're doing it because it's out of the heart, not because you're going to get something out of it. See, it always goes back to God checks our heart. And when there's struggle in your marriage, you always need to go back to your heart. Hmm. So both statements are given as responsibilities of the person to accept it in their heart, allowing it to be revelation, and it changes them. When I say them, I mean you. It changes me. When it's in my heart, it changes me. Jesus is our perfect example. He came to this earth to a people that were cursing him. Even on the cross, only a few showed up. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus died for many that haven't accepted him as Lord. Now, we're talking about physical death, but Jesus also gave up his rights to do the will of God. Jesus gave up 100% of his rights 
so that he could become man and die for you and me. Why? Because he loves you. He's in covenant with you. So the acceptance and salvation came later, but the dying came first. Your healing will come later, but your dying needed to come first to self. Now, husbands, your wife will change when you die to self. Ladies, your husbands will change after your death to the flesh. Now, because we have many that are watching on the screen, you know we've talked about this, about flesh, the heart, the soul, the mind, all the different things. So on the screen, I am not talking about physical death. So don't even get that in your mind. I am talking about dying to your rights, dying to who you were, dying to what the past created you to be, because old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new in your spirit, and through your spirit, you can become new in your flesh. You can grow. You can become that person that loves, even though sometimes it's not easy. How many of you know relationships aren't easy? Amen. amen. Thank you. I will count that as 100 amens. Jesus died because he understands that only by his death would people be able to come to the Father, come to the miracle, come to the authority, because it was the Father that gave Jesus everything when he came to this earth. Only by your death, not physical, can a miracle happen in your spouse, in your marriage. I was going over that a couple nights ago, and, and when I said that, you know, uh, only by your death can a miracle happen. You know, I, I know some couples that some spouses are thinking that. Only by my spouse's death that a miracle can happen in my life. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about giving up your rights and living in kingdom lifestyle covenant. As long as you decide to keep on living for your own desires, your own individuality, your own dreams and plans, and say, when they change, then we will be one, you personally are blocking the miracle in your marriage. Pretty strong, huh? Let me say it this way. <laughs> the best marriage is two dead people. Living together, serving one another with passion and love, trying to be the best server, not taker. So if you're not dead, I'm talking about the flesh, not physical, God cannot do his part in your home. If you are shouting, I demand my rights, and accept no responsibility, you can pray all you want. 
and that miracle will not happen. I'm going to give you some statistics in a little bit. It will just blow you away. But let's keep going. Then you're saying, Lord, I don't trust you to do your part. If you keep your rights, you're telling the Lord, I don't trust you. I'm in control. Remember last week we talked about how the Father gave to the Son, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, gave to mankind. That's what Ephesians 5 is talking about. That's what the church is about. You know why the church is weak? It's because we don't respect authority in the church. Or there are some in the church that rule and reign like a master instead of loving like a pastor. And I'm a poet and I didn't know it. That's where my mind goes sometimes. Jesus said, you must let a seed go into the ground and die so it can produce its fruit. What rights are you keeping in your home? 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I'm talking about spiritual things, church. I'm not talking about cultural change, groupthink. This is what everybody does. I'm talking about what God said. What did God say? What God says works in any season, in any time frame, in any century, with any leader, with any gifting. So saying your flesh does not want to hear what I'm saying, your thinking is literally saying, this is not going to work in my house because you don't know my special circumstance. I guess God just doesn't know, does he? I guess when he wrote scripture, he just didn't know you're my situation. So he needs to write some more things. So I need to go find a book. I need to go listen to someone to figure out how this works. I'm telling you in a very simple fact how this thing works. I'm not telling you that everything's perfect. I'm not telling you that when you do this, everything, oh, everything's just going to line up. It's just it's like military, boom. Everything's going to be great. No. No, it's not. Because we still have the flesh. We still have to tell it to die every single day. Church, all of us are unique. None of us are the same. When we understand that, that's when we fall in love with each other. That's when we really realize the gifting God's given you, the personality God's given you, whether you're uh, talkative or quiet or whatever. Whatever God has given you, we respect and honor and love. That's why we're brothers and sisters. That's why we can be the church. But it all starts in your home. It all starts in your home. See, we're unique, but your flesh is like my flesh. My flesh wants control, my flesh wants power, and my flesh wants authority. Jesus said, you have to die to get the miracle. I heard this said, 
Apathy is our greatest enemy because selfishness is our greatest sin. If selfishness is in your home, kick it out. Selfish people cannot be happy. Have you ever seen someone who's selfish happy? They're only happy, watch this, for a fleeting moment when they're controlling somebody. That that person sees everybody doing and kowtowing and acquiescing to what they say. That's the only time they're happy. But guess what? Things change quickly and they'll not be happy anymore. Serving also does not need a response. Serving does not need a response. (laughs) I'm going to do this. You need to think real loudly or ask your spouse when you leave because I don't want any arguments here. Am I serving you well? When you go out to eat, sit outside in the cold. You ask your spouse, probably wait till after you're done with dinner, lunch. Am I serving you well? Notice in the middle of Ephesians 5, verse 21, it says this. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Coming under the authority of God, creating a mission for your home, and you submit to the mission because your respect is for God, because he's the one that showed you the mission. That's what submission is. So verse 22 needs to mean a whole different spectrum, men. Verse 25, ladies, needs to mean a whole different spectrum. To come under a mission is true submission. So what is the mission of your home? Are you serving your spouse? Are you creating that atmosphere? Let's look at the third way to divorce-proof your home. Speak words that bring life and health to your marriage. Speak words that bring life and health to your marriage for those that are single. Speak life to people around you. It's amazing how many friends you're going to have. I'm not talking about flattering people. I'm talking about speaking truth out of your heart how you feel towards people. I'm not trying to, you know, you're going around and say, if I speak to this, ladies, I speak to this guy, he's going to fall in love with me, we're going to get married. No. I'm talking about becoming what God called you to be. So your home, even though you're the only one in your home, becomes an atmosphere with anybody that walks in there can enjoy the passion of God and the joy of the Lord. Because Why? You created that in your home. Okay, I need to go on. Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Wise people learn to measure their words. 
I've gotten a lot wiser in my older age. Words used to fly out of my mouth all the time when I was younger. But I've gotten wiser. I can still learn. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You want to create an atmosphere in your home? Promote health. You know, many are spinning out of control. And the reason why they are is because you are listening to this message, especially on the screen. You're listening on this message and you're, you're feeling this pressure of, I can't look to the side where my spouse is because I know I haven't really done this. <laughs> Join the club. Join the club. Some of you in here are just, you're just feeling not easy. You're saying, man, I'm glad this is the last message of this mini-series on marriage. But, you, you know, you're staring straight ahead. And I, I want you to understand, this is not me putting you down or talking down to you. I'm talking up to you. What I am teaching on what's kingdom is who you really are. And the lies of the enemy said, this will never end. Protect yourself. Become offended. Be angry. Stay angry. Let, let a million suns go down on your wrath. And I'm telling you, no, that's not you. That's not you. There's an old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names, words, can never hurt me. You know what? Sticks and stones can break your bones. That's true. But it's not the truth about sticks and stones. Reckless words damage people. Reckless words pierce like a sword. They cut, they slice, and they wound people. I have been around people and... Uh, through the years, and they asked me a question, how come no one likes me? Don't ask me questions like that. You're going to get an answer from me. Because I said, because I've listened to your words. And one person, I even said, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. I don't want to be around you. I was on the golf course. Guy was throwing his clubs, cursing everything. And he'd go to church and he was an elder. His church. And I didn't want to say, well, you're an elder and you're not supposed to do something. You know how religious people are. But I just kept quiet, kept quiet. And finally he just said, you know what? He says, I'm just really struggling. No one, I'm an elder in my church and no one calls me. No one comes, you know, wants to be prayed for or anything like that. He said, why do you think that's happening? Am I in the wrong church? I said, no, you're not in the wrong church. You're listening to the wrong person, the flesh. And I let him have it. I haven't seen him since. But see, that's what happens when correction comes and people don't like what they're hearing. They, they go to someone else who will flatter them. Oh, well, you know why you had to say that. 
I know why you had to say that, because you didn't give up your rights. Reckless words damage people, but the tongue of the wise bring healing and health. You know, my wife speaks life to me. Sometimes I don't like it. She honors me. She is honest with me at times. She tells me when I make mistakes. I don't like that. She speaks words to me that I need to hear. So I have a choice. What am I going to do? See, my whole life, my words have been a problem. My whole life. And let me give you a secret. Your whole life too. They are not a tool of healing when you speak piercings and angry words. And even sometimes, you know what? We even use, thus saith the Lord, when we're trying to control. Let me show you this. At the University of Washington, they took 30 couples. <laughs> Listen to this, 30 couples, and recorded every conversation between them for 10 years. Here's my opinion on that. You have to be stupid to go through that. 10 years? She. You know, I don't know what they paid them, but Los Angeles doesn't have enough money to pay me. Here's the result. Many didn't even get to 10 years. They got divorced. Of those who divorced, they found four stages that led to divorce. All had to do with words. Here they are. There was constant criticism of each other. And you can criticize by not saying a word, but an action speaks a thousand words. Stage two is becoming defensive, not allowing corrective discourse. So you see how the two can intermix, and then the one talking thinks you're becoming defensive when you are in constant criticism, and you finally caused your spouse to not want to be around the criticism, doesn't want to hear it. Contempt or unresolved anger? Some of us are still mad of what was said 15 years ago. You bring up the past all the time. Here's that famous saying, you always do that. Now let me just ask you, do they always do that? No, I don't think so. That's contempt or unresolved anger. Here's the final stage to the, to the divorce. Stonewalling. Stonewalling is you emotionally have checked out of your marriage. You're going to live the life because you're a Christian. You just hang out. But you've stonewalled. You, there, there's, there's no change. There's nothing. You just... Pfft, wall. I don't, I want to tell you, the only time I tell anybody to separate is when there's physical abuse. 
If a man or a woman comes to me and they say they're hitting me, I'll say, go find an apartment if you can. Go live with other family till this is resolved, till there's a change in the individual. But through the years, we keep beating each other up. We need to get to a place where we finally take responsibility for what's going on in our home. Usually, this is part of this study, usually they, they fall into an adulterous affair. Now, let me explain that. Adulterous affairs are not usually about sex. Adulterous affairs are about having your emotional needs met by someone else than your spouse. Then sex comes later. You go to work, you're standing by the water cooler, and a young lady tells you your jacket really looks good, and your wife hasn't told you that in 10 years. Emotional words spoken to you leads to adulterous affairs. See, when you're talking to your spouse, leave the past in its proper place. Are we getting anything here? Are we understanding covenant? Your body language speaks loudly too. You know, your wife's saying something to you and you're standing like this. In that Washington University study, 69% of the couples that were still married said there are things they never worked out. That's not covenant. That's not covenant. Let me say this. If you want change, change yourself and serve your spouse. Just do it. But you don't know my circumstances. Just do it. And I'm not an advertisement for Nike. You just need to do it. But they do, it gets worse. Just do it. Why is that? Because you're in covenant with Christ first. You do what Christ has done for you. He died for you. Let's go to the fourth and we'll conclude with this. The fourth that divorce proofs your marriage is realize that only Jesus can meet your deepest need. John 6.35. This is something you must know. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is saying, I am your source. Four things every human wants. A lot of lists today, huh? Every human wants acceptance. Every human wants acceptance. No, I don't need that. I'm a type A personality. I don't need that. I'm just going to go forward. I'm going to. No, every person needs acceptance. Every human wants identity. You get it through Christ. You don't get it through Christ, you don't have identity. The world talks about identity all the time. Group think, this is who you are. No, 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 no. Christ said, I created you as an individual, and here's your identity. Here's the third. Every human being wants security. That's tough, ladies, when you feel like every day 
they may not come home or, or something's going on, that's tough on you. But who's your security? Christ. Every human being in this room wants a purpose. Many are the plans of man, but it's the purposes of God that will prevail. Basically, to know God has a plan for them. Always know that no human being can fulfill those needs, and Jesus can. So today, if you're sitting next to a person, for many years you were asking them to fulfill your basic needs. You're looking at the wrong person. I love Terry, and she loves me. But Terry is not the source of my love. I want to tell you that. And that's not just throwing it off to the side and we just have this spiritual love. No, we have this love for one another. But the reality is that she's not my source of love. Terry brings a lot of joy to me. But she is not the source of my joy. Love, joy, and peace comes from Jesus because he is my source. Let me close with this scripture and make one statement. We're going to pray. John 6.35 says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never, ever hunger. Have you been hungry for something? And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Oh, we know it's talking spiritual also. But let me tell you, Christ came to serve. He washed the disciples' feet. So in your marriage, in your home, create an atmosphere to serve one another with the depth of Jesus being your source. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you, but let's all go ahead and stand. Overwhelm your thinking that God is your source. I just looked around and saw a couple of our wonderful people that your spouse passed away. And you're still at times distraught because of your loss. May the comfort of the Holy Spirit just overwhelm you. Some of you have been through divorce and you hurt and you're afraid of what comes next. Some of you are in the midst of something that is so, I'm going to say it, evil. God is not even in the picture on one side. Jesus is your source. Jesus is your comfort. For all of you that are married, it doesn't need a year to change. Today, as one of my mentors used to say, today's the first day of the rest of your life. I want you to recognize today you can do this. It will manifest today. But remember that question, 
How am I serving you? It's a good question. For you that are single, your best friends, ask them, how am I serving you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for all the homes represented at Valley Community Church and around the world. In Jesus' name, I proclaim that the truth that was preached these last two weeks will set people free. Father, enlarge this because it's your heart. Make it huge in our hearts. Make it huge in our homes. Make it huge in our church. That not only in our homes, our homes are the representation of what we are in our church. Lord, let it flow back from our homes into the church that we love one another. We are covenant brothers and sisters and we serve one another, respect and honor one another. Blessings upon blessings upon Valley Community Church. And Lord, I thank you for those that are receiving Christ as their Savior right now. In Jesus' name, it is done. I thank you, Lord, that even before this message was over, marriages were healed because of a decision of a couple. Marriages were uh, absolutely transformed in the hearts of single people because when they meet that loved one, it will be so real. It will be so kingdom. It will be so wildly passionate because we are covenant believers. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Amen. They sold me a mirage that lifts my spirits broken. Now I need you to show me I'm not on my own. I'm tired of wandering alone. I hear your voice call me home. Let's just Ser aventurero, pero ya soy extranjero And now I'm crawling out for help To me, I'm getting loud to my Felt like I was doomed But my failures, you turned around Spoke to these dry bones These huesos secos Guide me to your heart, my promised land Tired of wandering Pride, I'm giving you my life.
Puede que sepan quién soy hoy, pero no se imaginan quién yo era. Si alguien me hubiese dicho que este sería yo, puede que ni yo mismo lo creyera. Es la verdad, pa' que les miento, he experimentado un renacimiento. Cristo rompió la atadura, parece una locura, pero yo soy nueva criatura. Mi viejo yo en el suelo me tiró, pero un día Cristo me miró, me llamó, todo mi mundo giró, de, de la muerte me liberó. I was condemned, but now I know that I'm free. Yeah. La muerte no tiene poder sobre mí. Jesus salvó a mí. The MVP me vino a redimir. I've been reborn. Porque nací de nuevo. I'm a new creation. Soy una nueva creación. In faith I'll follow. Cristo te sigo. He's alive in me. Ya no To life of regrets, sitting there dead in the water. Oh, when I came up for air, I was caught in the arms of the love of the Father. Oh, it's like day and night, who I was before and after Christ. Oh, now my soul made right, sin is gone and gone and gone and gone. Mi viejo yo en el solo me tiró, pero un día Cristo me miró, me llamó, todo mi mundo giró, de la muerte me liberó. I was condemned, but now I know that I'm free. La muerte no tiene poder sobre mí. Jesus salvó a mí. The MVP me vino a redimir. I've been reborn. Porque nací de nuevo. I'm a new creation. Soy una nueva creación. En fe y follow. Cristo te sigo. He's alive in me. Ya no.
At midnight, yeah, I'm still praising. I know in Christ I can do all things. The devil ain't got a hold on me. The earth shakes at the lion's roar. The king of kings has won the war. God, by your side, I'll declare your truth. With you, I'm bulletproof. I can walk through Circumstances say I won't last through the night. I need your word to hold me now. I need you to pull me through. I need a miracle, a breakthrough. I need you. They say you hold the whole universe in your hand. But my world's falling apart like it is made of sand. Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith. You believe you are on my side. Open my eyes and see you working in my life. Let the past remind me you'd never fail. And tell my soul it is well Y todo va a estar bien Everything will be alright The whole world's in his hands Your whole world's in his hands In the darkness, in the trials He's faithful and he's true Your whole world's in his hands Y todo va a estar bien Everything 
Padre te confieso a corazón abierto que todo es muy incierto en este desierto mi vulnerabilidad está al descubierto siento que mi barca está muy lejos de su puerto ¿Por qué será que ya no sale el sol en mis días porque mis noches son tan frías porque será que siento que me falta algo porque este camino gris se siente tan largo sé que está sobrando aunque no te sienta sé que está sobrando aunque no te vea Sé que voy a salir de esta odisea Sé que voy a ganar esta pelea Sé que va a cesar esta marea temporaria Que en ti yo viviré una vida extraordinaria Que aunque no pueda entender Me consuela saber que Todo, yo sé que Todo va a estar bien Todo va a estar bien Everything will be alright The whole world's in his hands Your whole world's in his hands In the darkness, in the trials He's faithful and he's true Your whole world's in his hands You don't know I started yet Oh, oh, oh Everything will be alright Everything will be alright Oh, 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 oh got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole wide world in his hand todo el mundo en su mano está todo el mundo en su mano está todo el mundo en su mano está God, it's me again In the exact same spot I'm back here on my knees again I feel it moving in The paralyzing fear That all my prayers fall on deaf ears I know, I know You don't need reminding You know every word before it's said I'll put my trust in your perfect timing Cause this is not, this is not the end So I keep praying for the same things Even after all these years Still you care enough to hear me out your face family and give me the faith to start my own let your will be done when my future's in the grave let heaven have the final say oh but i know i know you don't need reminding this is not this is not the end so i keep praying
but I know God, you hear me. Fear is just a matter of perspective. Cause you're not done yet. No, you're not done yet. No, you're not done yet. You're not Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza Y eso lo dice el Señor Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza Y eso lo dice el Señor Si tuvieras fe Es un amor que llega a mi corazón yeah. Fear is a script for me Now I know that You all things are possible Todo lo puedo en tu amor Si tuvieras fe Llama a casa Impossible, impossible. You're the one who turns the sickness to miracles. When I'm in the tormenta, yo sé que no me dejas. Nunca me dejas solo. No, no. Dile al enemigo que Dios está contigo. He'll always be by your side. Oh yeah. Dile a la muerte que Dios cambió tu suerte. You can do all things through Christ. Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. Even when I feel either, God, what you want, no, I will. Renuevame, como Marcos, we. Toda mi alma yo te entregaré. Escuché tu llamada, entregas cada batalla. Con un grano de mostaza voy a romper. Si tuvieras fe, como un grano de mostaza. Y eso lo dice el Señor. Si tuvieras fe, como un grano de mostaza.
mountains speak to the storm there's no one like you there's no one like you light in the darkness hope of the world god of the of the cross. 